What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and we are coming off a 2-0 week so far and heading into our last game this week, and I am absolutely thrilled by the way this team is playing and the type of wins that they're getting. They're complete team wins the first night against Denver it's a Tyus Jones game and then the second game last night it's the Jaron Jackson Jr. game welcome back big fella we've been missing you this whole year but the Grizzlies are now five and three they're setting tied for fifth in the in the west so that's going to obviously change throughout the year and not nothing we want to look into but it's something to pay attention the Grizzlies have played well so far, and as long as they can continue on this track that they are, they can be a force to reckon with. A lot of these teams that are in this conference, we're going to beat up each other. But teams that are ahead, just kind of looking at, is Utah, which is 6-1, and one, Golden State 6-1, and one, Dallas, Lakers, and the Grizzlies all tied 5-3, and three, and below that, a Denver team we just gave two losses to, they were... Four and two coming into that, and now they're four and four. Then you have Sacramento, Phoenix, three and three, and below that, it, it's it's hit or miss. The Clippers, they're often on at times. Minnesota has looked good against bad teams. Portland, they can't figure out their defense, and there's issues on the team. It looks like I'm not sure what's going on with Portland, but the but they they put the beating on the Grizzlies, right? But they really have not done much this year. San Antonio, they're suspect. Houston, OKC, and New Orleans. New Orleans, they're hurt. They're injured. Ingram's been out the last few games. Zion, when's he coming back? Is it too late? Can Jonas Valanciunas carry them? They are struggling. And they just got beat last night by a Kings team and the night before by a Suns team. They're on the road, and they they aren't looking so good. They're hitting that same road trip, for the most part, minus the Suns and the Kings, but they're on their West Coast. They now have to play against the Warriors on the road, then the Mavericks, and then they get back home finally, and they get to take on the Thunder. That is a very tough stretch, especially if you're missing a lot of your main key pieces. But But we're here to talk about the Grizzlies. I just figured we'd throw some shade at our friend's down there in New Orleans because there's a little rivalry. And you know what? Let's poke the bear. Why not? I love poking the bear. But the Grizzlies, Monday night, a 106-97 win. As I said before, it was the Tyus Jones game. The Grizzlies went 13-34 of 34 for three-point line, 38.2%. 34 three-pointers, that's a far big difference than 50 that they've been putting up. And 38%. Not bad. I will absolutely take that. They out-rebounded the Nuggets by 15. 55 rebounds in total. The assist number, they were down 7. Only 20 assists in that game. 
And I don't know why. Is it because, you know, Tyus is the one who gives out the assist normally and he's the one taking the big threes in that game? Maybe. That might be the difference. Points in the paint. A big, big deal. 58-40. to 40, Plus 18 for points in the paint. They were getting in there whenever they wanted to. The game looked out of control at times. Like, it, Denver had a two-point lead at one point during the game. The Grizzlies' largest lead was 14. The Grizzlies controlled that game, and in all accounts, the game looked in hand for most most of the game. Hit or miss, you know, they, they clawed their way back in at times. It was never too far gone, but it just seemed like it was a Grizzlies game to win the entire night, and that was a good feeling that we were playing against a really good team at home and showing up. And so looking at the stats a little bit, let's go through Aaron Gordon 15 points and 10 rebounds. Very, very good night for him. Michael Porter Jr., pretty consistent around these numbers. He had 10 points and 8 rebounds. Monte Morris, 11 points, 6 assists. And then the Joker, Nikola Jokic, 23 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. Bailey, if you're listening to this, he had 18 total rebounds between the two games. 18. Bailey thought he was going to have 20. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to the, the last podcast. Bailey Caldwell, who, who is behind the Grizz Lead account. He's one of the people with the Lead Sports Media. We are a part of Grizz Lead. And he said that it was more a better chance that Nikola Jokic would get 20 rebounds in a game before he picked up a triple-double. Bailey, he was three rebounds and three assists away from a triple double just in this game. And like I said, he had 18 total points and 18 total rebounds in two games. And you want him to have 20 and one? Come on, get out of here. Don't ever come at me. I promise you. I'm not the smart guy, but I have common sense. 20 rebounds, he might do it at some point in the year, but this guy's a walking triple double. He just doesn't have his friends helping him right now. They're not taking a lot of three-point shots. They're just not. And they have not looked good this year. I, I don't know what it is, but just looking at these two games that I've seen, it just seems like it's Jokic and maybe one of his friends goes off. Will Barton played very, very, very bad in that first game. Four points, four rebounds, four assists. You know, that's nothing for 29 minutes. He did not show up, and usually... Will Barton does, and he might have last night in the other game. But let's get into, oh, in the bench real quick. Their bench, nothing. Nobody in double figures. Nobody really doing anything crazy. The The person the most rebounds was was uh, four. Like, that's not a big deal at all. Their, their bench really hurt them in that first game. And even in the second game, they really didn't do a whole lot. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into our Grizzlies. The, Jaron Jackson Jr. started off hot. And he ended with three of four from deep, but he had five fouls. He was in foul trouble the whole night, finished with 11 points. Steven Adams, six points, six rebounds, seven, uh, sorry, six points, seven rebounds and assist. He did not do much in that game. And they really, even though he played 31 minutes, they did not use him the way that they should and the way they did early in the season. Last night, and I'll get to it, they used Steven Adams the right way. Finally, finally. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, nine points, seven rebounds, another solid 
decent game out of him. He finally he's hitting a three, but he went one for five. wasn't a great game, but he's finally finding his stroke. But he's also looking how to help win. That's what he does. He helps win, and that's very important. Is you need a player, a glue guy, such as Anthony Melton. Desmond Bain, eleven points, six rebounds, two assists. A decent game out of him. Nothing crazy. He went below his 15 points number uh, the first time since he's had an all year. The lowest scoring game so far for him. John Morant, 26 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists. He he played pretty well. That Those numbers aren't you know staggering, right? He went 1-3 of three from deep. There's nothing that he looked like he was just taking over. He looked like he was the best player on the court. You know, for the most part, most of the game. But in the end, it was the Tyus Jones game, and I got to get to him here with 17 points, 5 of 7 from deep. He was throwing fireballs. He also chipped in 8 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Brother was on it. Tyus Jones is starting to trend in the right direction. Tyus Jones is a very, very good backup point guard. He could be a starting guard in this league. He doesn't have any of his dynamic skill, but he is Mr. Consistent, and I love that he is Mr. Consistent for us. Xavier Tillman, a good game out of him. He he, um, 12 points, 5 rebounds. Kyle Anderson, good game out of him. 9 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. He went 1 of 4 from deep. That might be a little different in this second game. But first game overall, good win. It it was in hand for the most for for, for all accounts for the game. It, it looked like the Grizzlies were in control. So big win for them coming on Monday, Wednesday. I didn't know if they would answer, and I didn't know what Denver would do. Well, the Grizzlies in that second game ended with a one hundred eight one hundred six win. It came down to a final shot by the Joker. Man or may not have got a little wrist action from Jaron on that last shot. If you've watched the replay, I have. And you take some still shots, which I did. I took two. He doesn't get ball. He doesn't get anything but wrist. And there's no follow-through with the Joker, which he normally does. So probably going to see a report, the last two-minute report, that says there should have been a foul called on that that last play. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll stay out of that. But either way, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I just think that there could have been a foul call. Potentially. Not saying he'd have hit his, both of his free throws, but there could have been a foul call. Uh, but let's get into it. The Grizzlies shot 10 less shots in that game. 10. 81 shots in total. If you look at the first game, the Grizzlies had 97 shots much faster game. This game slowed down a little bit. 81 shot attempts. And the Den- Denver had 91. Denver was pretty consistent in both games. First game, 88. Second game, 91 shots. So what that tells you is you're probably going to see a lot lot more a different a difference in the rebounds. And that's really what it comes down to. The rebounding. They out-rebounded us 44-36. to 36. Shouldn't happen with this team, but... It did. They were more energetic in the second, third, and second and third quarters for sure. And that's really what it came down to. The the Grizzlies were more energetic in the first and the fourth, and that's why they ended up winning. But Denver controlled the second and the third quarter. 
the Grizzlies only shot 34 three-pointers. 16-34 for 47%. I like the 34 number. I'm fine if it gets up to 40. Let it go. But don't get up to 50. 50 is not where we want to be. 34 three-pointers is good. 16-34 is, you know, 47% is great. Uh, the Grizzlies, tough time on the line. 8-14 of 14 for the free throw line, 57%. I know Jaw struggled uh, a little bit here and there, and even towards the end of the game when he had when he was fouled and he missed that first shot. But to put it to two points, he made the second free throw. So good bounce back from him to make sure that it was a two points. That could have been crucial. Very, very crucial. Assists. We had four more assists than them. The first game, he only had 20. This game, he had 28. So it's an 8.8 assist difference. Moving the ball more. Uh, points off turnovers, which were big for the Grizzlies. 21 points off turnovers. A lot of those came in the first quarter. Points in the paint. We got hammered. Hammered on. And I think that they took offense to really what happened in that first game. They had 60 points in the paint to R46. That's a 14-point difference. And in the end, this game was a game of runs. The Grizzlies went out on a 20-point lead early. Well, Denver answered, and they battled back to a 10-point lead at some point in the game. Those first and second quarters were mirror images. Grizzlies, great first quarter, terrible second. Denver, terrible first. Great second. They equaled each other out to the Grizzlies had a one-point lead going into halftime. If you would have said the Grizzlies have a 20-point lead in the first quarter, one-point lead at half, not exactly what we're looking for. This was a Will Barton game for them. He answered the call. 26 points, 7 assists. Good game out of him. Not a good game. Aaron Gordon didn't really show up. 9 points, 1 rebound compared to his last game. Aaron Gordon put up 10 rebounds in the last game. One. He was not on the glass. He was not active. He guarded Jaw, which I felt like took him out of the rebound position. Michael Porter Jr., 12 points, 11 rebounds. Pretty consistent again. Uh, Monte Morris really didn't do much in that game. And their bench, nothing as well. Nobody in double figures. Nobody looked good. Nobody really did much of anything. But it was the Joker who looked like the best player on the court most of the game. 34 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. He had a double-double, 5 assists away from a triple-double. As I said earlier, Bailey, you're wrong. He wasn't even at 20 rebounds in both games. So, just got to keep hammering my point. I'm right. You're wrong. And thank you, fans. People that hit the poll, we all thought that a triple-double was more possible than a 20-point rebound game. Jaron Jackson Jr., great game out of him. 5 of 9 from deep. So he started off last game, foul trouble, but went 3 of 4. This game stayed out of foul trouble. 5 of 9 from deep, 8 rebounds, very good. 22 points. When Jaron is playing well and stays out of foul trouble, he plays well offensively and defensively. He's more active, more active on the glass. And so we need to figure out a way to keep Jaron out of foul trouble. As I talked about in the previous podcast, be more of show than go. What that means is show that you're available to help on the weak side defense, but don't always go. Be a deterrent. Be someone who's seven one, seven two with long wingspan who can block shots, three blocks in this game. Be someone that they're scared of, but you don't always show your cards. You don't always go to them. Be a guy who shows more. Be in the lane, be there available for help side defense if needed, but don't always overcommit. You can get from one side of the lane to the other 
with one step, I promise you, be the guy who shows. John Morant, 18.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Desmond Bain, back above his 15-point mark. He's 16 points. And D'Anthony Melton, he had a Kyle Anderson-like game. 10 points, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Great game out of him. And a person I wanted to bring up is Steven Adams. He had 8 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Not really that much to do, right? He, he was a plus 9, which is good. That's very important. The way the Grizzlies used him in this game, they went through him more on the offensive end. What that does is that allows John Morant to get off of the ball as much. That puts him more in the corner, more rotation. That allows other people to get more involved, such as Jaron when he played, such as Tyus, such as Kyle Anderson, who went two or three from deep. It allows us to go through Steven Adams, which changes up the same same thing that we're that we seem to get into a rut of doing and let Ja dribble, 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 go, dribble, dribble, go, dribble. Like that's what is always happening. And he does, you know, his great moves into the lane, which he had an amazing, amazing move. 360 layup. It was it was beautiful. But let's go ahead and go use Steven Adams with a pick, right? which is a pick assist. Go ahead, use him as a screener, get into the lane, which Ja does really well, which Tyus does really well, and you hit that little floater. Great, great shot. It has high percentages. But also, sometimes, let's go into Steven Adams. You still run off of him using him as a screen, which you can have a backdoor dump off to an easy layup, or that's called motion. Then you're going through the other the other wings are then coming up towards the top of the free throw line, top of the key, which he can then dump off or have a back cut, or he can bring you over to him and a little handoff. He picks your guy. You have a wide open look for a three. That happened so much tonight, and that's what needs to continuously happen. Four assists out of him. That's a good number. That allows that it says that we're using Stephen Adams so much more. Xavier Tillman, not much to write off in that game. He had a good game last game. Not much there tonight. Tyus Jones, as I said, 7.7 assists. Good game out of him. Zyra Williams, great game out of him. He he talked earlier um, saying that if he, all he has to do is hit the corner three and play defense, that excites him. And you know what? That excites me. He went 3-7 for deep for 11 points tonight. As I've talked about in the last two games versus Denver, none of the bench unit guys on the Nuggets had double figures and we had two a game like that's that's really what we're looking for is to have have a little bit of help from the bench unit and allow them to kind of just stabilize the lead if we have the lead stabilize it hold on to it have someone step up it doesn't have to be the same guy every night it doesn't have to be Tyus Jones every night but it needs to be somebody so great game out of the bench unit once again so Great two wins. I, I was thrilled and excited that we got two home wins in front of the grindhouse, the fans. Great overall. I'm going to hit on my best bets a little bit later, but a little teaser. I'm getting better. I'm getting better with my bets. And I'm going to make sure I keep giving those each Grizzly game. If not, maybe some days that the Grizzlies aren't playing, I'll give those. But I thought it was just kind of fitting last night that I give them out because one included 
none of our players. It was the Joker who I said would have over one and a half three-pointers, and he did once again, back-to-back games. You're welcome. So if you're telling me, you're welcome. But stay tuned to the end. After I give this Wizards kind of breakdown, I'll hit on some best bets, and I have one that is going to hit tonight. So if you have it and you're ready to play it, stay tuned. It's coming up in a few minutes. But let's go ahead and get into the Wizards. The Wizards are 5-3. and three. They're 3-1 three and one at home. The Grizzlies go on the road, play them at home. So let's see if there's a difference of them being at home uh, uh, than being on the road. They're only 2-2 two and two on the road, so not bad. But 5-3 and three overall, they do play small. And that makes me wonder what we're going to do with Steven Adams. And I think we still play Steven Adams. But does the, the coaching staff, do they use him and they use his uh, size and maybe put him on the block more? Because he could out-rebound this team just in himself. He is a very good rebounder. And maybe we allow him to get down into the post more and be there and be active on the offensive glass. I think that could be an advantage that the Grizzlies have. The coaching staff, do they use that? Or they try to match them small. You can go one way or the other. But if it was me, I would at at least in the first half go with Steven Adams his normal minutes and go big. And the reason is is because he could absolutely demolish them on the offensive glass. Have 10 points, 6 offensive rebounds. That could potentially change the game. That's where I think they should go, but not sure. But they were on, the Wizards were on a three-game win streak. Now they have followed it with a two-game losing streak. So let's make it three. Why not? Let's get into some of their players. And I've kind of wrote something about them. Just, you know, one or two words about the type of player they are. So if you're watching, that might give you a little insight to how they're going to play. Kyle Kuzma. He rebounds well. Offensively, he's hit or miss. But for the most part, he's been pretty well. And he's got 14 points. 10 rebounds. Like I said, he rebounds well, 10 rebounds and two assists. He's a guy who's the third option. He's not really going to kill you from deep, which none of these guys really are going to kill you from the beyond the three-point line, which goes to the favor of the Grizzlies. Daniel Gafford, the guy is struggling. His minutes can be five minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes potentially if he's playing well, but they have not used him well and he has not played well. He's he's not getting the minutes because he just has struggled. And I don't know if if they're going to go with him more against a Steven Adams or if it's someone who I'll talk about later and, and uh, Montrezl Harrell. It could be they play him against a guy like Steven Adams and just try to outrun him. But uh, Daniel Gafford, he's struggling. Seven and a half points, four rebounds for a big guy. Four? Nah, I'll pass. Spencer Dinwiddie, he is a, he is the main second option. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. Very good games out of him. He's not tearing it up from deep. He's hitting a couple of threes a game, one or two. But it's not nothing amazing, but he can shoot. He can get hot. KCP, he's a streaky shooter. He just is. If he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's off. 9.5 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. So mainly not allowing him to go off and keeping him at bay is one of the key factors of this game. Getting out there, don't let him have open looks to where he can get streaky and win them the game. Because their all-star, Mr. Consistency, Bradley Bill, 
24 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He's going to give you those numbers. You're not going to stop Bradley Bill. Let's stop the other guys. Let's not allow Kuzma to get hot from deep. Let's not allow Spencer Dinwiddie to get hot from deep. And KCP, he can be streaky and he'd be good. He can hit four three-pointers, five three-pointers in a game. And that would be the deciding factor of him going off and winning the game. Let's talk about their bench unit. They're not great. Before the season, I thought that this bench unit would be really good. And yes, I know they're they're missing Davis Bertans as well as Rui Hachimura. The the I'm not I'm not sure about what they're going to do and when they're coming back. It looks like Bertans is out another week or two. Rui, the status is unknown. They said he could not come back until the end of November. He's finally back at practice, but they're not sure, and I'm not sure what's going on. Is it COVID related? They say he could be he could have lost some weight, which lost some muscle, which is the reason they're they're taking their time getting him back. Maybe. But those two guys are very key contributors to this team, and they're both going to be out. But let's talk about the guys that will be playing, and that's Corey Kispert. He's doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. He's just running around, taking a three or, or two threes a game, maybe hitting one, maybe not. He's not going to kill us. Denny Abdija. Six points, five rebounds, and assists. He's he's good for a three a game. That's it. He's going to get some rebounds as a, on the defensive or sorry the second unit. Yes, but not going to kill you. Raul Neto playing very well. He he's twenty nine, so he's not like a vet, but he is a vet towards this team. He's European. He's played you know many many years overseas. He's getting them eight points, three rebounds, three assists. He's pretty consistent. The other guy who plays for them, Aaron Holiday, six points a game, maybe a rebound, maybe an assist, not doing incredibly much. He's really the guy who should not be playing for them. But the guy who's their main key contributor on the on the second unit is Montres Harrell. He's 18 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. He's Mr. Rebound and Mr. Energy. That's what he does. And he will be the guy who plays the most for them as at the center position. He is only 6'7", though, but he's 240. What that tells me is I feel good if they run him up against our bigs because we have a guy like Steven Adams who has you know, a size on him, and Harrell is a little faster off the first step around Adams, but I'm okay with that. I like that matchup. Another guy who I think will get some run in this game, and it's going to be Xavier Tillman. Xavier Tillman can be a very key contributing factor in this game not offensively it's really not it's all about his defense can he keep Montrez Harrell off the boards can he keep him at bay from getting out and, and getting those runs getting those you know released to the front of the rim for the easy dunk that's the energy that's going to give that the crowd really what they need to get behind this team but if you can keep him at bay which I feel great about with the size and even the, the quick step and maybe be able to stretch out Montrezl Harrell, I like that. I like our options in this game. If it was me and I had to, to, to bet on this game, I'm taking the Grizzlies. Right now, the lines aren't exactly out at the moment. So I'm going to kind of keep watching those. But I think that that could be a one-point, I guess, line for, for either team. Because usually it's three points for the home team or two and a half for the home team. But I think the Grizzlies are, you know, three to four points better at least. So I think that's going to be, 
you know, minus one on the road against Washington. Even though they are five and three, I think that these Grizzlies are getting a little bit more respect than they have in the past. So stay tuned to that. But let's go ahead and get into um, our best bets. And as we talked about earlier, I had I put on my Twitter account, which is at Daniel Greer, and a lot of times Grizz lead at Grizz underscore lead will put out as well. But I put him out last night before the game, and that was the Joker having one and a half threes, and he hit that as well. Uh, it was a it was understood that he was going to do that for the simple fact that the Grizzlies played drop back defense. So if you have a big that shoots, that's why I went with the line. So. Follow me and follow my understanding because I promise you, Joker is not going to hit two threes a game, but it's also a low number for him. He's going to take, you know, five, four to five three-pointers a game, and he could hit two of five. That's that's still good odds. So I like that, especially with a drop back big and somebody who's bigger than him. He wants to step out more, such as when he plays Rudy Gobert, he steps out to the three-point line more. Uh, But let's go with Al Horford, over eight and a half rebounds. I don't know what he finished off with, but in the third quarter, he had 10 already. So easy money. So I hope you're back in those. Those are two wins. The, the one we lost on, the one that made me the most mad, was Brogdon for the Pacers. I had him over 17 and a half points. He had 17 points with like five minutes left in the game. He missed a couple open threes. He even grabbed a rebound at the rim. Easy put back, and he pulled the ball out because it was getting late in the game and he wanted to run more time off, which makes sense, but it didn't make sense for me. And then the thing that made me the most mad is the Pacers went on a run. And you know what happens when they go on a run late in the game? That means the score just balloons, and it became 10-plus points, which meant that the team was not going to foul their point guard for easy free throws at the end of the game. And man, I was so mad. 17 points, just waiting for an easy free throw, get fouled late in the game, cash money, would have went 3-0, but instead 2-1. It was a profitable night. So if you're, if you're telling me, keep on, baby. I have one that I absolutely love today, and you're going to love it too. The Heat have been on a tear as of late, and guess what? They're not going to stop. Tonight, I think that they continuously keep going and play really well. They played the Celtics, who just came off of a game last night. They looked a little better, but they were playing the Magic, right? The Magic. And now they have to go not too far over to Miami, but the Miami Nightlight on a team that's been struggling, eh, that can get you a little bit. But all we're doing is playing Bam Adebayo. Against the Celtics, Who's the big? It's Al Horford. I like Bam against Al Horford. Okay, so let's keep the train rolling. Bam Adebayo, over 28.5 points and rebounds. Some people like points and rebounds and assists. That number is 31.5. What's the difference? Three. They're saying that he is going to have three assists. Well, in all the games so far this year, Bam has only had three assists once. In most games, he's only have one. He's having one assist. So that doesn't make sense to me. Why would I play that extra balloon number when there's no reason for it, right? He's averaging one and a half assists a game. He's not, he could have three, but I'm not banking on it. 
He's averaging 20 points and 13.8 rebounds. That 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 sounds good to me, right? Okay, it's 28 and a half. 20 plus 13 is 33. That's his average. So play the number. Play it, hit it hard, and don't be scared. Another one that I kind of like, but I don't love. So ease off on this one. But it is over five and a half assists for Jimmy Butler. He's been playing well, and especially as of late, he is just on fire. And he is he's going to have assists. It's just that six, it, it can be a scary number. And the reason is, is he's averaging five and a half assists a game. But over the last few games, he's hit that number. And he's, over the last four games, he's had... He's hit that number. So make sure that you look at those lines and be careful. The only reason I hit the over Jimmy Butler assist is because it was plus money. And so I like plus money because it's a bigger return. So make sure you go hit those numbers and make sure you follow along. I'll put those out via Twitter today. But just remember, Bam Adebayo over 28 and a half. And you can find that on BetMGM. And then that's rebounds and points. And then... Jimmy Butler over five and a half assists, and I found that as well, plus money over at BetMGM. So if you're following along, do us a favor. But you know what? Don't go play DraftKings. If you didn't see it, go check it out. Memphis Twitter is all over them. They're trying to say and ask the question that John Rant's going to leave, but then if John Rant's leaving, where's he going? If he's leaving Memphis, where's he going? That's their question from DraftKings. DraftKings, I'm out. I'm out. Completely gone. All right. So I find all my stats, my bets on props.cash. So go follow them at props.cash. Great guys over there. And if you go sign up, tell them Grizz901 sent you. I will make sure I put out a link that you can go check them out when I put it on Twitter each and every time I put my best bets out. That way, can show them a little love. We get a little uh, help when you go and sign up. So but that's all we have with a little bit longer this time. But I had so much information I had on the Wizards as well as the two games that we were covering. We're going to go on the road to the Wizards at their place and take the dub. Come on, let's have a 3-0 and week before we come back home for a three-game homestand. And then we go on the road to the Pelicans. Four-game road, four-game week next week. T-Wolves, Hornets, Suns at home, and then on the road to the Pelicans next week. So stay tuned. Me and Ryan, I believe, uh, as well as another person from the Timberwolves, he's at T-Wolves lead. Uh, Corbett is supposed to join me to talk and break down the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So make sure you stay tuned to that and don't miss out on that. So that's all we have so far. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Be nice and tell your friends.